Hi, I'm Darren Steele. I'm a writer, a transformational coach, and this is Think Queerly, a humane thought leadership podcast for change makers and queer thinking creatives. Now on the show, I share my philosophy of human heartedness, inspired by my ongoing study of the Tao Te Ching. Human heartedness is a way of being in integrity that improves open-mindedness, reduces contention, increases kindness, compassion, and understanding for the common good. And to put these values into practice, I offer insights and strategies based on neuroscience that you can become more skillful in all areas of life and enjoy more peace of mind, freedom, and happiness. Hey, how are you? I'm making a little sort of inside joke here. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I have been recording, um, I guess, my last six or seven shows, both as audio and video. And there's something really different about recording a video for what has been up to this point, about 200 episodes that I just did without having to look at myself. <laughs> and before I get into what today's show is about, I just wanted to reflect on that for a, a hot minute. There is a, a feeling that it's almost speaking to you even more directly when I'm observing myself in the video, which of course you're only going to notice if you're watching the video. It's just, I don't know, maybe this is just TMI, but it's a funny thing where I just want to start by saying, hey, how are you? And actually, I think that's a really good lead into what today's show is about. So I'm going to present to you what I consider three of my most important, although I think they're all important, three of my most important personal evolution processes to date. And because I've had 200 episodes of the podcast, and I've been doing this for over three and a half years. And because I've been publishing these personal evolution processes for, uh, I guess, close to almost a year now, if you're a new user, or if you don't listen to all the, a new user, a new listener, if you don't listen to, or you've missed some episodes, you may have missed some really valuable insight from these different exercises. And you may want to go back and reuse some of them, or it just wasn't the right time. You know, maybe now there will be something in one of these processes that could be really helpful. So a little bit of a reflection on my uh, process as, as a coach and what that means to you as the listener of the Think Really podcast. So when I say my process as a coach... There are a lot of people out there podcasting, writing articles, doing videos within the personal growth, personal development, self-mastery sphere. There's a lot of really great people. There are people that are doing highly technical, very deep thought work that you really have to think hard. And there are people that are all about like, rah, 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 here's your mantra for the day, feel good. There's no right or wrong. There are some things that I kind of look at and go, oh, I don't know how far that's going to take you, but I have to back up and recognize that we're all at wherever we're at. Now, 
Way back when, when I was first introduced to personal growth, personal development, affirmations were the big thing. And certainly an aspect of thinking positively, an aspect of reframing your own language is vital. If you're always saying, I'm a bad person, what's wrong with me? Well, then you're programming your mind to always be thinking what's wrong. But if you're catching yourself and, and thinking, what's wrong about this situation? What's difficult about this situation? And then moving into what's challenging, what's interesting, what can I learn about this situation? That opens up your cognitive ability to assess, to try and understand is this something I'm feeling that's telling me I have to be aware of both my state of mind and my body in response to my environment? Um, and what can I do about it so that I don't feel this way again? So I like to think that I'm somewhere in the middle towards a little bit more complicated in my model. So there might not be as many people that are following my work because it requires work to do these personal evolution processes. And oh my goodness, how many of you are clicking off right now? Oh my God, I have to do some work. Well, the proof is in the pudding for lack of a better cliche. If you are challenging with challenging, if you are challenged about something going on in your life, I probably have a personal evolution process that could help you or is kind of to the side adjacent to what exactly the issue is. And it's amazing how much we can do to improve our own situation or to get clarity and focus that will allow us to, you know, reset our direction to figure out how we're going to get to where we want to go to see the obstacles and come up with perhaps uh, small steps or actions or strategies that can help us get there. And if it doesn't work, then we can reassess. So without hopefully not making this episode too long, I want to take you through a few processes, just quickly a review, maybe one core highlight for each one of these things so that you can decide if this would be something of use to you. Now, if you're watching on video or if you want to watch on video, I'm doing a screen share of some of these articles, but I will be speaking about them in such a way that if you're not watching, if you're driving in your car uh, or sitting somewhere in public transit, you can listen to this and you won't be missing so I want to, and, and, and just to remind you, I'm going to, or just to let you know, I'm going to put links in the show notes for each of these processes so you can come back and check out them later. All right, let me get into it. So the first one is titled Four Questions to Help You Let Go of What's Holding You Back. Now, I would say the insight that's built into this process about why you would want to do this process and what you will uh, understand and glean, like think of it as like a 10,000 foot view. You'll be looking down after you've done this process and going, wow, this is, this is what I learned about myself besides the on the ground level. Okay. Here's the situation that a challenge and here are the strategies I'm going to use to resolve it. So the insight is that 
most of us are overcommitted. I'm still overcommitted, even though I've done this process a couple of times, but I'm far more, um, how shall we say, focused on the things that I need to do to help me get to where I want to go. And that continual sharpening of my focus allows me to know that I'm on a direction and I'm on a path and I have to maintain a duration on that path because of that focus to implement the various strategies and and such along the way, which for me specifically is where I'm going with my business and, and the programs and the content that I will be releasing and concurrently developing along the way. So the insight, as I said, most of us are overcommitted. And when you focus on too many things at once, you can't focus on any one thing in particular. Now, that's not to say it's only just just one thing. It can mean one thing that has several things spiraling out from outside of it. So... Let me just give you a simple example. It sort of relates to me, but not exactly. Let's say you're a writer and an author. Maybe you've published a book. Well, you may not have a public relations firm. You may have to do your own work to promote your book. So maybe you have a podcast where you're telling stories, or maybe your podcast, uh, you have a a writer's forum, and maybe you teach some writers and have like a writer's group, and maybe that's part of how you make income for you to be able to have the time to work on your book. Now, if you were at the same time doing personal training and uh, perhaps um, cleaning houses part-time, I'm just being really crazy with ideas, those are so disparate they may be necessary for you to fund your ability to do your work, but they will also be intellectually, cognitively distracting. And so what this process for questions to help you let go of what's holding you back can help you with is perhaps to figure out how can you narrow, it, narrow in to that one thing that's going to get you to where you want to go so that you can be doing more things that circle around that thing to help you get there. I know that sounds really nebulous, and that's the problem with trying to describe these processes. They are question-based, and they are then they go into reframing, asking sort of questions by flipping things around um, and asking them in a different way so that you can get your own clarity and focus. And then use this process that is three steps to define the problem, the struggle, or the challenge, and then to refine, which is kind of a reframing, and then get into alignment to really feel the right sort of emotions that will motivate you to um, commit to the choice that you've made and or to implement the strategies and continue with the action towards what you've decided is best for you. Okay. So in a wrap, the solution is to get clear about why you're doing what you're doing and to help you to see the value of letting go of the things that maybe are holding you back and then to get into alignment with 
that thing that's having the greatest impact on on in your life that helps you to thrive and also increases your overall well-being. So now I want to go into what to do when you can't figure out why you're not doing what you want. Okay. <laughs> this is a personal evolution process to get unstuck and create a simple strategy strategy to easily do what you want and you need to get done. Here's the thing. We're creatures of habit, right? And often, even though we knew we know we're not doing what we want to be doing, we keep doing the thing that is comfortable because we like homeostasis, which is just another word for we want comfort. We don't want too much change or uh, upheaval in our lives because our, our, our brains have evolved to be prediction and response machines. And I've said this term prediction and response many, many times from a neural perspective, neural perspective, a neuroscience perspective. Prediction is that we look out into our world in our, in our office, in the world outside of us, in the clothes that we wear, in the reflection we see in the mirror, in the friends that we have, in our partners, in our family, and we expect a certain kind of prediction. Prediction can be as simple as when you get up every morning and then the morning routine you have, when do you go to bathroom, how many coffees or tea do you drink, when do you have your breakfast, when do you go to work, uh, what is your work, uh, running into people you know, and you know they're always going to ask you, how's it going? or hey bud or bro that's the prediction and the response is how you show up in that moment in that environment and that makes life easy think of what i'm doing right now recording a podcast the computer is a prediction and response machine um it's doing all this stuff in the background unbeknownst to me i don't know how the hell it does this but it's doing it The same thing for us as human beings. Well, how the heck am I moving my mouth to say these words? How the heck are all these neurobiological processes going on my body, in my body that uh, provide the energy and the nutrients to my brain so I can think the thoughts and I can say the words that I can read from my notes, that I can look into the screen, that I can remember to um, emote in a way that provides this content that engages you and is entertaining and maintains your interest. How do I do all these things? These are all the habits, the programming in the basal ganglia part of our brain that allow us to have prediction and response. That's what keeps us feeling safe and secure in the world, right? But when something isn't working, that's when something needs change. Okay. And the insight here is that it's often an environment and there's many types of environments. There's our internal environment, how we perceive ourselves, our, how we present ourselves to the world, like what color shirt. I don't like wearing uh, a shirt and tie. I prefer just a comfortable collar that makes me feel like my most self, my, my best self. Um, your your living environments, your your office, your home, your work environment, if you have a work environment, that the world outside, when you go outside for a walk or get into your car, all these different environments 
But there are also social environments, like the ways in which you think about your friendships and your family. And sometimes there are non-compliance issues <laughs> with those environments to use sort of a funny term. You know, we may still want or need certain behaviors uh, to get through the day, to work well with other people, uh, to not be contentious or to get upset. But somehow something has been disrupted, disrupted and COVID-19 over these last near two years has thrown a big wrench into a lot of people's environments. Maybe you're used to, or previously you were used to going into the office and maybe you loved going into the office because your partner worked at home and you just wanted some space from them. And maybe that made things difficult or maybe you became even closer. The story I tell in uh, as the example in my personal evolution process, when I and I always do these processes for myself, that's how I create them, is that I stopped working out. And I was like, what the hell? I used to be a personal trainer working in a gym for 15 years. I had been started working at a gym between 18 and 19 years old. And then bam. And I went through the process and it seemed so obvious afterwards. So I just hated working out at home because my home environment was a place for comfort and relaxation or my office, which is in my home, is a place for where I go to work. And it was just, I, it was a disruption to the prediction and response of my home environment to have weights, to have a bench, to have bands, to have a jump rope, to be sweating in the apartment, to be jumping up and down and wondering if I'm going to hit my head on the ceiling. And I just felt like it interfered with my ability to have a separation between the two things. So I found some strategies so I could make the best of the situation. So that's just one way in which I used it. So the third process that I want to talk to you about is titled, What Problem is Creating the Greatest Amount of Stress and Frustration in Your Life? What problem is creating the greatest amount of stress and frustration in your life? Now, this one is fairly recent. I published this at the end of July. And this is a process to help you get clarity about, you know, the biggest challenge, struggle, or problem in your life. And, and what you can do about it. These are 10 sequential questions, each one building upon the next one. And going back to what I said earlier before I got into um, these three personal evolution processes here, it can be very difficult sometimes to provide examples in these processes. And this particular um, article and download. I didn't provide an example uh, because what I was working on for myself was just, uh, I didn't want to put that out there into the public sphere. So it may be something that when I work through something that I can create as an example, I will. And what makes, again, my personal evolution processes unique is that you have to do this work and it's it's not a pro forma or a rigid template in the sense of if A, then B, if B, then C, if C is not equal to C, then, you know, these are very open-ended questions. And the more 
that you find your truth, your uncertainty, when you answer these questions, the more you will sort of, you will open up the box, the Pandora's box, so to speak, of what might be lying beneath. And the beautiful thing is that you can come back and add more to each individual question. Because sometimes you go a little further on and asking some of the more refinement-oriented questions, and then you get even more clarity. And without going into the process, each one of these, I explain the process both in the article and more expansively in the podcast version of these articles. And that's basically it. Um, the one thing to note that I want to mention is that my, my primary download, if you become a subscriber to my website, is my Emotional Recipes webinar. I did this webinar with a few people back in um, uh, July, I think it was. And it's about an hour and a half. It's a recorded webinar. And there is a PDF download that you can get as well. There's no cost for it. The only cost is your email address. This is a really potent process because when it comes to prediction and response that I was talking about earlier, our feelings and our, our emotions are a signal. So if you're feeling stress, that stress, for example, could show up in different ways. The stress could be cognitive. You're, you're overworked. You're maybe uh, very stressed out about a particular challenge that you're trying to resolve, something to do with work. Maybe you're having an argument with your partner. Or you're very physiologically stressed. Maybe you haven't slept well. Maybe you overate. Maybe you drank too much the night before. So stress can be physiological, a response to how your body is actually feeling. Or stress can be intellectual, cognitive. Um, you're perceiving some sort of a threatening situation, which doesn't mean a bear is chasing you. That could be the case. That would result in a high form of stress. But it's something to do with your social or work or um, personal environment. And there's a lack of prediction in that moment, which means you don't know how to respond. And so when you use this particular process for emotional recipes, you can get a sense of if there are emotions, feelings that are always coming up, but you've never addressed them, well, you can use this process to try and figure out, oh, why are these things coming up? And what can I do to address them? And I use the analogy in the webinar of like a pressure gauge that's in, in the normal healthy zone. It's usually the color is black on those pressure gauges. And then it goes into the yellow, you know, like the warning zone. It's like, you got to be careful here. And you know how you can go from being a little bit annoyed to calming back down or being a little bit annoyed and then one thing triggers you and you're like, bah! you've lost your cool, you lose your temper. Or if it is an anger, you go sad, depressed, and you get into a funk and you can't get out of it. That's the red zone. 
when you're in the yellow zone, if you are practiced in greater self-awareness and self-mastery, you will, if you catch yourself quick enough, have the tools to go, oh, this is what I need to do now to pull myself back and out of the yellow zone, of the warning zone. And these are the emotional recipes. Ah, so the recipe tells you what's happening, how I'm creating this lack of prediction that's putting me into the warning, warning, warning area. But the recipe also gives you the ingredients so that you can cook up the solution, so that you can bake the solutions. Like, ah, uh-uh, okay, I mean, top of my head, it, it could be that you need to stop what you're doing and go out for a walk. You need to jump rope for 100 repetitions to like, kind of uh, physiologically release physical stress. Or it may mean that you need to recognize that if you're being bitchy in your language, that you need to think, ah, I need to, I need to pull back and be responsible for how I'm communicating with this person. And I need to say, honestly, that I'm feeling stressed and I'm wondering if we can talk about this at another time, or how can we talk about this in a way that I'm not attacking you, or I don't feel like you're attacking me. Then you're creating safety. And with safety, just the way our minds work, then we bring ourselves back into our, our thinking brain where we can manage and better assess what we're feeling and the emotions so that we can respond based on the predictions, what we're observing in the moment. Okay. So one final thing before I go now in my last podcast, what I presented to you was a new personal evolution process about how to make a choice when you're presented with two up what seem like opposites what are or how do you make a challenging choice how do you decide between two things when there seems to be so much good reason for choosing one over the other and that was a premium personal evolution process so what i'm showing on the next screen here Um, and I'm going to walk through this for those of you that are listening is a little bit more information about the think extra queerly humane thought leadership and self mastery in practice, private or premium podcast. This is my step up from think queerly. What I've recognized in these three and a half years of podcasting and in this last year or so of getting much more focused on leadership, self-mastery, how to be more of a humane thought leader and how we master our emotions and can show up in the world that best serves us so that we can actually have more of an impact and make a difference is that it requires deep work. It requires self-awareness. It requires practicing personal growth strategies. And I've had some people say, I found that personal evolution process difficult. I wasn't quite sure how to do it. And that's to be expected. If I'm working with someone privately, in the moment when they're struggling, I'm there. 
I can ask some more questions. I can help if they're not sure what to do next with some suggestions. And then we can work through the process in the moment, whatever it is we're working on. So with Think Extra Queerly, this is a place where if you have a question, you can go into my Ask Me Anything area and pose that question. And I can type a response. And on a monthly basis, I can go through some of the most interesting questions and provide an actual podcast to respond more deeply to what your questions are. And it could be anything related to something I've had on my podcast, or more specifically to a challenge that you might be having with one or any of the personal evolution processes. And I've got a few different plans depending on what you're able to afford or what you would like to spend on yourself to invest in your own self-mastery and personal growth as a humane thought leader. So the mid-tier plan, the thought leader, gives you access to the Ask Me Anything episodes as well as getting at least once a month a brand new personal evolution process where you'll get access to the video to the expanded podcast, which takes you through the process and provides examples, as well as the download so that you can do the process from the comfort of your own home. And the top tier plan, the Humane Thought Leader plan, also gives you access to a monthly live Zoom coaching call with me, where on the spot, um, you can ask a question. And the more people that are on that call, the better, because people always benefit working in a group by hearing someone else's question that they themselves might have, or hearing someone else's situation that provides even more clarity uh, about the situation that they have. And if you just love the podcast, uh, but it doesn't really matter to you whether or not you get the personal evolution processes and you'd like to support my work, I have what's called a follower plan where you can support the podcast and my work as just a form of appreciation. Now, what I also want to mention is that for both the thought leader and the humane thought leader plan, and for all the plans, there's both a monthly and a yearly plan. The yearly plan gives you three months free, basically 25% off. And in each of these plans for the thought leader and the humane thought leader you get a 30-day free trial. There's no obligation. You can cancel these plans. If it's a monthly plan, you can cancel it at any time. If it's a yearly plan, you just don't have to renew the plan. That is totally up to you. And that's, in a nutshell, what Think Extra Queerly is about, um, to provide more response to you, the listener, the viewer, the person who wants to engage with these processes to enhance your self-mastery and to take that self-mastery just up a notch a little bit so that if you have a question, you can get that addressed. You can work on uh, the process a little bit more deeply to get an even greater result. And then the beautiful thing is the more kind of engagement I have with individuals like you who are supporting Think Queerly and Think Extra Queerly, the more content 
that I can create that is specific to what your needs are. Because I'm also often coming up with ideas just as they sort of present themselves to me through things that show up in the work with my clients. But the more people that I am supporting, the more I'm able to support, right? It just expands my awareness in how I can help. So as always, thank you so very much for listening. The links to become a subscriber, a supporter of Think Extra Queerly will be in the show notes. Uh, Just go to my website, darrenstill.com. And in the menu bar at the top, there's a link for Think Extra Queerly. Um, To get my weekly newsletter updates every Saturday morning, which is basically just telling you what the latest posts are, or if there's anything you should be uh, in the loop about, about something that's coming up, please subscribe there. That way you'll never miss a beat about what's going on uh, with what I'm doing. As always, thank you for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to speaking with you next time. And um, it would be great to meet some of my listeners on Zoom on the next um, Zoom coaching call for Think Extra Queerly. Okay, until next time. Bye for now.